Yeah, uh, NFL draft happened over the weekend, and that's all I want to talk about today. That's all I care oh, about, really. Obviously. The no, NFL draft. Don't care about anything else. <laughs> I, it's true. I, in it's fact, true. so far to that, I was like <coughs> the whole day kind of building in my head a, a comparison between the draft mm-hmm. and what, politics because I thought that was the only way we'd be able to talk about it. Yeah. And then I still never was able to. Still uh, to didn't get, there. get but, it out. But let me test it out on you here for All a right. uh, here on the show that, that has people who actually know what's you know which ball goes with which particular sport mm-hmm. that's uh, that the patents to audience at least has that much knowledge unlike many in the radio audience who listen to glenn so um the uh, the idea of uh everyone is overtly praising san francisco san francisco 49ers in case you missed it traded draft. down from number two to number three overall in the in the draft they got for that two or three i think it was three additional picks they move only down one slot, okay? Then they, yeah. they got the guy they wanted anyway, and then the other guy, so their top three guys on the board, the second guy they were able to pick uh, in the, with their first round pick, and they had, then they were able to later trade up and get their third overall player in the draft later on in the first round. Uh, which was Foster, the uh, uh, the Alabama guy, Ruben Foster. Ruben yeah. Foster. So you're really talk- good, really like I mean, an unbelievable draft. And everyone's killing uh, the Chicago Bears, who gave up three picks to move up one slot and get uh, Mitchell Trubisky. From- who was going to get him in front of him? Nobody. I think they were afraid someone was going to trade in front of him and grab him. But again, no uh, one thinks that the you know not no one, but most people think that that's reaching for uh, Mitchell a Trubisky. Uh, I mean, I guess he was high on some of the scouts' uh, yeah. draft grade. He, in fact, he was either one or two in most of them. You know, like the Mike Mayox of the world had him one or two or three or something. But to a person, they all said none of the guys in this quarterback draft are ready to play. For a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, He's nobody's NFL ready, including Deshaun Watson, the, the Texans got. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's ready. I, I, don't, I don't think any of them are. And I was, I was watching NFL Network last night. They were talking about Trubisky. And one of the guys there, uh, Heath Evans, said uh, he doesn't think he's ever going to be a serviceable NFL quarterback. Uh, his, his tape does not look unbelievable. I'll say that. He's supposed to be a great athlete. He's supposed um, to have so a tremendous arm. But, I mean, he, he looked pretty inaccurate from the footage that I saw. And, again, like, you know, he He's put up some one good year. numbers and he played one year. So th- that's kind of like one of those things where everyone's bashing Trubisky but, uh, and, and the Bears for that pick, uh, which was strange. It was a strange pick. Mm-hmm. However, fast forward uh, several years. Um, if Trubisky turns into a franchise quarterback, everyone's going to think it's a great move. If, uh, if um, for example, uh, let's say uh, the, the players that uh, San Francisco took, which Solomon and, and Foster, if those guys don't turn out, then everyone's going to look back and then say, wow, it looked good at the time, but turned out badly. And mm-hmm. I thought there was such an interesting parallel there between, and maybe I'm just reaching because I want to talk about football, but between that and Gorsuch, which is... He, because I noticed this as I was looking at the hundred day grades. Every single person that's a conservative to a man said, "Hey, Gorsuch, yes, but mm. here's the rest of it." Right. Gorsuch, yes, but here's the rest of it. We don't even know if Gorsuch is going to turn out great yet. <clears throat> that's true. We all think it's a good trade now. We all think it's a good pick mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. However, general managers get uh, judged on how the players turn out, not how it feels at the time of the draft. Yeah. And that's going to I think was something we have to look at because even if uh, uh, everyone agreed with him, it was a widely approved 
selection. But if Gorsuch turns out to be Roberts, the same way, by the way, Bush was widely page, uh, uh, praised for Roberts at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if Roberts, but Roberts turned out to be Roberts, and this is, we're talking about a guy in the Douche Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the one thing that I can really put my stake in the ground and say I'm happy with Donald Trump over this. Still, we don't know the actual outcome of it. We have no idea how that actually turns out in the end. It could wind up being a, a bad pick. My belief is it's going to be a good one. I really like Gorsuch, and I think it's, it's, it's a good selection. But the same way, um, if you're a Bears fan, you might be feeling the opposite of that. If you're, if you're a Niners fan today, you're feeling uh, exactly that way. You don't know how these things turn out until much later. The Niners get a quarterback? I'm trying to think who they... I don't remember. I'm thinking yeah, I don't the either. Browns. The Browns got the, the Notre Browns, Dame guy. What a draft they had. They, I mean, the Browns, if they're, not, if they're not much improved now, they might as well just get out of the league. It could league. just be impossible. Just get out of the league. Maybe, maybe it's not possible for them to win more than four games. Maybe not. Like, I don't know. I thought maybe it I was only possible in the 50s and 60s, and now well, it's just over for Cleveland. I certainly I remember know. the Ernest Biner days. Uh, they had some good days back. They almost uh, went to the Super Bowl. Uh, famously, right. a horrible fumble towards the end of that game. Oh, yeah. Um, they had some good teams throughout there. The Bernie yeah. Kosar era uh, was uh, was decent for them. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's possible for them to win more than four games. Maybe you should, if you're a Browns fan, you just look at it and you say, hey, four games is our Super Bowl. <laughs> and you just say, if you get to four, you just say, we won it all. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just, you just, you yeah, just like change that. your perspective. What was that phrase you used earlier today, Jeffy, to describe uh, the way we look at the world uh, now when it comes to expectations? Oh, uh, yeah. If it doesn't, uh, I can't remember the exact quote. Follows but, fails. Uh, follows fails. I mean, lower your expectations. Right. That's, yeah, it works for the Lower brand. your standards. Yeah, lower yes, your that's standards. what the original quote was, yeah. If all that's been just lower your standards. Just lower your standards. And that works. 100% of the time. <laughs> yes, it, it does. never fails. If you, yes, if you lower your expectations low enough, uh, it's what happens like when you're in, uh, you have those moments where you know, you're, uh, you're trapped under the bed and the, uh, and the horrible uh, murderers are coming in like in Taken mm-hmm. and you're hiding under the bed. At that point, your expectations are so low. Almost anything that happens to you is going to seem positive. They stole all my stuff. Well, thank God they didn't murder me. Right? right. I mean, it's almost, hey, they murdered me, but at least they didn't murder me and, and torture me first. You always, if you lower your expectations enough and your, and your did standards they, did enough. Did they die fast? Did they feel anything? Exactly. That's what we get to, right? <laughs> well, at least he went quickly. At least he went quickly. <laughs> that's really what we do as human beings. You just find that basement level and just work And maybe that. that's the best we can hope for for the Cleveland Browns now, to just go fast. You know, <laughs> just have your season over with quickly. Well, they tried that know. already. They moved to Baltimore on them. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. St- they still came back. So they got they got Miles Garrett. They got Jabril Peppers from Michigan and and uh, David Njoku from Miami, who's a really good tight end. Then they got Deshaun Kaiser uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, he was supposed to be one of the most NFL ready, I think, uh, of the bunch. And I'm trying to think which one was it that threw an 80 yard pass while he was showing off in the. Uh, it might have been Kaiser, or it might have been, or maybe it was Trubisky. One of them. I, I was just standing on the on the twenty yard line, uh, and threw the ball all the way to the goal line, the end zone, and the other on the other side. Just unbelievable, like eighty yards in the air before it hit the ground. So uh, you know, 
little toss and catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I see. And now twice I've tried to bring this back to. I politics. know you keep trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on keeping it football. I, I'm fine with That's it. all I care about. <laughs> what do I? I mean, you know, people don't expect news from us. Uh, they just. Uh, uh, were you happy with the uh, Green Bay Packers draft? I know you. Yeah, were. they got my boy from, uh, from BYU. Boys, yeah. Two of them. Yeah, they got uh, Jamal Williams, all-time leading rusher at BYU, and then they uh, signed an undrafted free agent in Taysom Hill. Who was the quarterback last year? He's been injured four times. So they're yes. season-ending injuries four times. However, a smart pickup, right? You pick up yeah. a good athlete with some potential, some injury yeah. history for nothing. But I mean, incredible numbers. Like he ran a four-four forty. He has a thirty-nine-five vertical leap. He he can bench press like a l- offensive lineman. He's he's an amazing specimen. So. We'll see what happens. Those injuries are tough to overcome, though, man. They are. I mean, Elvis knows that, Exa- right? Yeah. Your son. Exactly. I mean, knows I, all about I, that. I mean, I'd like Taysom needs to stop now if he wants to continue a relationship with his family, because uh, man, if he loses this, yeah, it's going to be tough. Just give up on your kids, then, Jeffy. That's not how normal parents no, not, do it. Yeah, that's, that's, how you, that's how you did it. <laughs> that is not how normal parents do it. Huh. That's strange. <laughs> That's the Jeffy advice you get on this program. Uh, Eagles draft, by the way, I was I was pretty happy with it. The yeah. first rounder, I'm a little, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, Who'd they get in the first round? Uh, uh, Derek Barnett. Oh yeah, I don't um, know much about him. He's a Tennessee uh, all-time uh, leading sack uh, guy there, defensive end. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, he, he looks like one of those guys that really good production, but not a lot of great things in the in the combine from him. So you wonder how it's going to translate to the NFL. However, after that, they did really well, I think with um, uh, Sidney Jones, the cornerback, who was ra- mm. rated the number mm-hmm. one cornerback in the draft and then blew out his Achilles on pro day. How, how bad does yeah, that suck? Uh, but, you know, you wait a year for him. He tape of that, and it, he didn't even look like he was in that yeah. much pain. Yeah. He just kind of sat down on the field like, oh, man. So weird. <laughs> that has to be a painful injury. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then uh, they got a couple. They got a couple good receivers. Uh, good running. The all-time leading rusher in, in uh, college history. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey from yep, San Diego from State. San Diego State. And so I think they did pretty well. Also, yeah. I've been told uh, from Keith Malinak. Can you uh, believe our, he was still around in what? What was it? The fourth round. Yeah, I think fourth. late fourth round. Yeah. They still got him. He's a little small. I guess that that's the complaint about him. Yeah. Uh, Keith uh, has. There's some Nebraska safety. They they signed. He's going to play linebacker for the Eagles. And Keith told me he's been unfairly. Um, uh, unfairly targeted for targeting. Like, he's had a lot of penalties. Now, this is the same guy, Keith. Now, he says he swears it's unfair with this guy. The same guy who told me, uh, Sue, who is the... Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue from uh, from Detroit and then now Miami, uh, was unfairly uh, Uh, harassed. Was he? Oh, that freaky guy. And and Nebraska as well. I mean, I know that for for a fact. That guy's a major douche. Major, yeah, I mean, major uh, my son actually played up against him for one game. And Did he? I know that to be untrue. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was going to, you just triggered something in my mind and now I've forgotten. Mm. Uh, well, we were talking politics. Yeah, we were, uh, we were talking about we're talking Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Days, so. mm-hmm. uh, he won't give up unsupported claim that uh, Barack Obama wiretapped him. Apparently, and he was, uh, was, was that this morning? I think he ju- was just talking to this guy was, this morning when he walked off in the I saw it this morning. I don't know if it was yesterday or this morning, but I know the, the phrase that really stands out here is, would you ever, under any circumstances, say, <laughs> quote, I don't stand by anything? Yeah, because the reporter's asking, do you stand by your statement? I don't stand by anything. <laughs> what? Wait, you really? It's the so, first time he's told the truth since the campaign it, it started. It really is. Uh, he does not stand by anything. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a look at what happened. 
You stand by that claim about him? I don't stand by anything. I just, uh, you can take it the way you want. I think our side's been proven very strongly, and everybody's talking about it. And frankly, it should be discussed. I think that is a very big surveillance of our huh? citizens. Huh? I think it's a very a big very topic. Big and it's a topic what? that should be number one, and we should mm-hmm. find out what the hell is going on. I just wanted to find out, though, you're, you're the President of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he had tapped you. You can just... take any way, you can take it any way you want. But I'm asking you, because you don't want it you to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. Me. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions, you can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. What? You're the President of the United okay. States. It's enough. Thank you. Wow. He's, his, I, I he's wearing it. his red hat today. The balls, wow. the balls to stay there in the Oval Office that close to the President of the United States and, and, and keep pushing him on fire like that, that's give him a little bit impressive. Of credit on that. And I don't understand, you know, I think this is an issue where Trump doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't right. have anything he can say that wins. So he just wants to stop talking about it. Ah, you can, uh, he, but he doesn't want to give up. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to say, well, yeah, look, we, we thought we had something on that. didn't wind up turning out. Um, but, you know, it was an important thing to look into. Or, he, or, or even, look, we don't know the truth of it yet. You know, we're no, going instead, down the road to investigate to it as if it he were He can't true. say he doesn't know the truth about it yet because he's already said what the truth is, mm-hmm. which is he was wiretapped. So you can't say the investigation line, which is what all of his underlings have been saying. We've got an investigation going on to look into those things, and I think the truth will come out. It's more of just like he can't admit that, so he just sits here. You get three or four questions with this guy, and he just blows you off and ends the interview. It's a weird moment. Again, like, really weird. Can, can you, there, that didn't happen often. Between, like, Bush, Obama, when's the last time you can remember a president in office ending an interview like that? I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't it. know that I've ever seen it. Yeah, I'm sure know. it's happened. I'm probably just not remembering off the top of my head. Uh, Nixon. Well, Obama fixed it because he ended up just doing interviews with YouTubers, so they were going to stick those right, right out. Yeah. And that's how he solved and, that problem. He just went yeah, into friendly although, territory most yeah. of the time. Though when he went, well, he with, did O'Reilly. He did O'Reilly, yeah. And he Brent didn't, Bear, I think. He never walked out. He no, might he not have not. answered questions. Now, maybe he did, and I'm not remembering it. But I always remember him as sort of avoiding questions. Yeah. And moving on. Like where Trump is just, I mean, he, he actually. Just kept, I mean, Obama kept answering. Remember, that was the, I'll never forget weird. the O'Reilly interview, the Super Bowl one, because at, at one point, Bill O'Reilly finally just goes, all right, and moves on. Yeah, Because he he's never going to get anywhere. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. Obama just kept repeating the same thing. Mm-hmm. Strange. Uh, and real strange. But I mean, it's not unexpected. I mean, think about that. Maybe we're wrong here again. I, I, I allow that to be the, the case. But I can't remember any time where that's happened. I, it, neither can any of us over the past few presidents. Yet it's not even a story today. The fact that the president of the United States ended an interview because he was pissed off at a reporter wasn't really even a story. The only story was kind of like what he said there. Uh, well, look, I don't stand by anything. That was really the only... And that was really, again, he's not actually saying, I don't stand by anything I say. He's saying, yes, I, don't he want, is I don't want to talk about this anymore. Stop asking me about this. Hey, but he said, I don't stand by that's anything. Exactly, that's exactly, that's right. Words matter, and they, they mean they, something. No, they, they did. At and one point, you were right. You know, You're no longer right. <laughs> words should matter. Okay, well, that's I a don't point, stand though. by anything is very telling, and it's really true. And you should listen to him when he says that, uh, Trump supporters. All right. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Also, uh, apparently, the, a lot of Donald Trump's presidential orders, his, his executive orders, are nothing more than uh, glorified press releases. And uh, they've taken a, a closer look at some of them. And I, I think we have, uh, do we have a look at, at one of them? Uh, or Oh, yeah, I love this. Yeah, uh, there it is. Yeah, here we go. This is uh, pretty interesting. So... 
This top paragraph kind of tells it all. And I think actually this is a point in his favor, while it's not meant to be. Um, people are, the <coughs> Trump administration is basically saying, look, you know, you're saying we didn't accomplish anything. Well, we did all these executive orders. And so most people are looking at this and saying, oh, well, these executive orders didn't do anything. To me, I look at it as a positive. Like, he might, he, Trump wants to say he's doing things. He's made a bunch of fake executive orders that haven't really accomplished much. But to me, that's better than him doing a lot of executive orders that did accomplish a lot. Uh, that's because he's not supposed to do them. Do this by executive order. He's supposed to pass legislation. Listen to this list, though, and, and see if you think uh, this is consequential. Uh, so Trump's uh, executive orders, uh, his order on reorganizing the government, uh, simply directed his budget director to devise a plan for reorganizing the government. His order on the <laughs> opioid crisis set up a commission. His orders on rebuilding the military, streamlining permits for manufacturers, and preventing violence against law enforcement instructed cabinet secretaries to devise plans to achieve those goals, which they were presumably supposed to do anyway. His orders on trade deficits, drug cartels, and burdensome uh, burdensome tax regulations called for reports on those issues, essentially homework assignments issued on national television. Yesterday, as he signed an order regarding aluminum imports, he complained that foreign dumping was destroying the U.S. industry. But his order, like a similar one he signed last week about steel imports, did not impose any retaliatory duties. It just called for (laughs) expediting an ongoing investigation of the issue. By the way, I think that's good. Like, I don't want him to pass those crazy tariffs. I don't want to trade war on yeah. these topics. Yeah, so I would rather have him puff his chest out and say, look at all that I'm doing, and then not do the things. Now, I know you say, well, what about, what about honesty? What, yes, I want him to be honest, but that's not really something I'm even considering as an option for the next few years. You know, the problem is honest. honesty is such a lonely word. Right. I mean, I mean everyone is so untrue. Yeah, I think that's true, Pat. It's a, a lot of times people Honesty do. is hardly ever heard. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was yeah, going to go with that. But it's that. mostly it, what I need from you. From me? Or him. Or him. So. That's good. It's really good. <laughs> By the way, there was a story we had. Uh, we should go back and find this. The Billy Joel thing of how this guy is continuing to yeah. sell out Madison Square Garden. 24 years month. after his last album came out. Incredible. Is that amazing? Yeah, I, I saw him Billy Joel, man. two, two years ago. <laughs> but he sells out Madison Square Garden every month, right? Yeah. Every month for 18 months or something Yeah, now? that's his deal, too. This is his go I mean, as long his, as he wants. Yeah. As long so as he wants to do he it. he gets essentially 20,000 people every month and fills up Madison Square Garden with it. And he's going to continue to do it until he doesn't fill it. And so, or he dies. I think it's more likely. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. I You're think so right. far it's been like eighteen concerts, and he's st- he's scheduled for, you know, several more uh, through July at least. Yeah, and you can it make just the, keeps going. You can make the argument. Okay, well, like you know, they do this in Vegas a lot, where they'll have you know little theaters mm-hmm. where they'll have a residency. Um, or there's one. Pl- I mean, he's still touring in other places. Yeah. Like I saw him at Fenway. Um, and yes. again, uh, that Glenn was sold I went too. to. Uh, you saw um, him here, right? Yeah, here. AAC at the yeah, yeah American Airlines Center. Yeah, it was packed. Packed. That's pretty impressive, considering the guy hasn't released anything since then. I mean, nothing in pop the, since the nineties. Nineteen ninety three. He's done like classical. And then they toured. Like he did, did the big tour uh, not long ago. How many? Well, I guess it was a long time ago. Now years ago with Elton John, but the you know that Elton John tour with Billy Joel was. That was big. So I mean, that, you couldn't. But that was wow, a get long. It. That was the mid nineties. Ten years ago? No. I mean, he may have. They may have still been doing it, but it start. I saw that when I lived in Florida, which had to be nineteen ninety four. I mean, they were doing no, it. Two thousand four, you mean? No, I mean nineteen ninety four. 
Now they they brought it back, I think, multiple times. Yeah, I think so, I think they've toured I, more than once. I think the first together. time they did it was the mid nineties. It had to be ninety four or ninety five, oh. something like that. But even so, okay, so Amazing. even so, he's Billy it's, Joel, right? It's Billy I mean, Joel. That's the deal. Well, that's the deal. Uh, our friends at Sirius XM, which we do a, a show, our show is broadcast. Not this one, but the radio show is broadcast on Sirius, uh, and and this show is available on the Sirius XM app. Which is, uh, in case you uh, have that service, you're more than welcome to listen to it there. Uh, but they have a, a situation where uh, uh, they do Channel 18 is a rotating channel of just various things they do. Yeah, like and, Yacht Rock. I love Yacht Rock. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I was really bummed when it switched over to something else. Yeah, they switch it all the time. <laughs> I think it was Billy Joel they switched over to yeah, after and, Yacht Rock. And so they have a Billy Joel radio, which is aired yeah. several times. And, you know, uh, you just flip it on, and man, there are a lot of songs. You aren't lying. Yeah. It's incredible have, how many songs yeah. there it's are. It's unbelievable. And I mean, that greatest hit set, you know, I, the greatest hit set that I have in in CDs as well as, you know, downloaded everywhere on every device. Um, you look at the oh. list of what CD you want to listen to, it's hard to pick sometimes. And, and him just telling the stories of the songs is so great. Right. I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get, when you get one of those artists at that level where they can just sit there and just tell you the story of how they came up when they start playing parts of it and how his, they thought, I love that his stuff. His Inside the mm-hmm. Actor Studio, I think, what, what was extra. I think it was more than just one episode. Really? But it was really good. Really? Just, yeah, I mean, it was it's a good fascinating. Yeah. It reminds me of every guy like I knew you know, when I was young, because I grew up in that area. He was, you know, obviously Long Island is sort of... Yeah. Uh, and, it was, and I grew up in Connecticut, so like it's, all, it's the same attitude, the same way people talk. Like He just reminds me of like the old days. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm already... I'm at that point where I'm old enough that the old days is a thing. As a, you know? as a millennial? Even though I'm a millennial. One of the first uh, millennials. Huh. By the way, I, I just You're mentioned this too. I am too. <laughs> You're not a millennial. 1976. No, it's not millennial time. I almost went to the fire festival this weekend because I know. I'm so millennial. I know. I almost went. I almost pulled the trigger. And everybody's the last second get, I did, everybody's going to get their money back. Though. Don't worry oh, about it. God, that was a disaster. What a nightmare. That <laughs> was, you you read any of the coverage on that? This, no. So it's oh. like, you know, that, you know, like, uh, what, what are some of the festival names? You got Bonnaroo and Coachella. And uh, even Lollapalooza is still, I think, yeah. around. And like they have those big festivals where there's you know music and like everyone gets together and mm-hmm. does drugs and has sex in tents. I would say is the general vicinity of a lot it's of those. It's a things. really bad idea to go. Yeah. <laughs> so they came up with one called the Fire Festival, which is supposed to happen on a fi- uh, a a private island, luxurious. Uh, they had all these people like Kendall Jenner and all these like big millennial celebrities. And you can wrap um, up. You can spend anywhere from I don't know. For some people were spending. Uh, more than multiple thousands of yeah, dollars. I think it was like a normal price was like three thousand, but yeah. like it was up to like thirty thousand for these tickets, uh, and it had all this backing. Like Blink One Eighty Two was playing there for some reason, and they had all this uh, stuff. Anyway, all these people flew in, and there was just like nothing there. They just like never set it up. There's just a few tents, and they what? didn't have any of the stuff. They didn't have any of their lodging. They didn't have any of the food. Like it bands just, had canceled. Bands had all canceled. So all these people flew in. And it had Gotta nothing. Be kidding. Yeah, that like I mean, it was really apparently a total yeah. oh, man. cluster. And now they're saying, well, we'll, we'll return the money of the tickets. Um, and, uh, and look, we're, we're going to put it together. We'll have one next year. Yeah, gonna gonna get, we're gonna anyone's going right to go year. to it next year. Like you've just blown up like any chance you had of this I being know. successful. And now, of course, there's a huge class action lawsuit coming. Of course, wow, um, which is going to be ugly. Wow. Well, if you don't have the money to spend on $30,000 tickets or, uh, you know, like Billy Joel can spend whatever he needs to get whatever he wants, um, you could take a positive step, though, toward your self-reliance with My Patriot Supply and just have food on hand in case anything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. We're talking uh, We're talking about food that you actually want to eat. 
Not like the stuff at the Fire Festival. Did you see? If I saw that freaking cheese sandwich one more time yes, on social it, media. It, All the, right, we got it. It's a cheese sandwich. We the got styrofoam it. Dish. Yes, <laughs> that was like the, the big hit of the festival. Yeah, it was. This is going to taste a lot better than the crappy cheese sandwich you get at the Fire Festival. And think about it: if you were at the Fire Festival, there was no tents or anything. There's nothing around. If you had my Patriot Supply there, <laughs> right? you actually would be able to feed a lot of people. We're talking four weeks of food. Uh, for $99 plus free shipping. Just call them at 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290. Again, it's great food. It's not the buckets of wheat and stuff that gets bull weevils in it anyway. You just wind up throwing away. <laughs> this is stuff you're going to have on hand to last up to 25 years. So go uh, and pick up the phone right now. Call 888-411-5290 or go to preparewiththeblaze.com. That's preparewiththeblaze.com. You know, Pat, I get, every once in a while I get this warm feeling in my heart. Yeah? You know, because it's like, here we are in a, in a you know, there's terrible tragedies like the fire Festival, mm-hmm. where millennials won't be able to hook up for a weekend. And it's oh, tragic. Man. Can you imagine? Um, and, and then you have these wonderful thing. family stories. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stories about triumph and overcoming incredible obstacles. Let me give you a couple examples of that. First of all, uh, Christina and Ben O'Kaiser. Uh, they were, uh, well, you know, they were happily divorced. Mm. Happily divorced after 12 years of marriage. And why were they divorced is really the interesting question. They've kind of brought, they've made the family a little bit more important. Watch. There is a lot of love. I never feel neglected. We all love each other very much. I'm very in love with Christina, and I'm very in love with Benno. We knew that being married was something that would exclude the other person from feeling included right. as part of our family. So uh, we okay. decided that the best thing to do was to get a divorce. So I'd say within the next week, the door should be finalized and we'll be completely free and single. Except not. Except not. <laughs> marriage after Christina admitted to feeling that there was something missing in their relationship. And you know, it attracts both men and women. And I think this type of relationship like helps me satisfy both, you know, the male attraction and the female attraction yes. by bisexual. That is one way to do it. Yeah. Luckily, yes, it was is. open to the idea. And after a couple of failed liaisons, the pair met Sierra at a local mall. You sound less than mm. at a local mall. And this very beautiful woman came up to me and asked for my number. And she had just been standing there with who I thought was her husband. And I thought, oh no, if I give this girl my number or get her number, this guy's going to be so mad. Turns out, I guess he was really happy about it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great! So that's How so wonderful! That's so and it's beautiful. Wow. Now, how did um, they? They met at a local so mole. Mole. A local mole. mole. Like, was there a collection of moles? Was it underground? <laughs> what, what does that mean? No, they were. They were uh, all getting together to show off their bull weevils. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting uh, story, um, mm. and it, you might notice from the picture there that uh, there are some children involved in this story. Yeah, uh, it's that, a beautiful. That always children make everything better, don't they? Pat? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, here's so, here's what the kids actually think of it. Okay. After quitting her job at the exotic pet shop, Sierra now has taken <laughs> on the role of stay-at-home yeah, mom to the family's three children. We have 
three times the love and support that that one parent could give. Um, well, their teachers well. even comment on how how happy they are. The and teachers comment on always bringing up the fact that they have two moms and one dad. Ah, I had beautiful. two moms to help me out with my homework. I also have two moms to love, and for them to love me too. My friends ah. think it's uh, weird. They don't understand how my mom likes to have another mom in the house. <laughs> no. Yeah. They don't they understand. Will. They wouldn't. We never want that. our they children will to feel like they have to hide themselves from us. We're proud of who we are, and we expect the same from our children. Seeing them mm. fall in love with each other is mm. 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 the fact that <laughs> they both love you equally. Mm -hmm. We can't hear you, dear. We have a love that I know is going to last for our, our lifetime. Mm. I mean, you know, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. That won't be over next week or next month. <laughs> you know it. That's a forever love between the three of them. That's so beautiful. Wow. Jeffy, how do you feel about... Uh, I've touched. Are you? <laughs> I've touched. <laughs> it's hard not to be, isn't it? It is. It it's is. such a lovely story that it's, it's hard not to be touched. Um, nothing I like more than... A, Mm -hmm. Big bell hanging from a female's nose. And oh, that's a lip that's, like that. that's, that's a part look. of the greatness that's of the a good whole look thing, right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting in that uh, we've so. talked about how when the, as these things develop, maybe one of the next stops on that train is a multiple marriage, plural marriage, uh, as they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe this is uh, sort of the beginnings of uh, of that. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. If they again, like. They can do what they want, uh, but it's an interesting presentation. Yes, it is. Um, and another interesting presentation of, uh, of, of another heartwarming story is you might think to yourself, you know, it sucks when children die. You know, it's not a positive thing. Some people may think that. And some people might think that. Mm -hmm. But those people would be wrong because it does not always suck when children die. There's some real positives that might come out of it. For example, uh, this Episcopalian priestess Mm -hmm. um, who is, uh, she is um, <clears throat> very excited that she was able to finish divinity school and get ordained. Now, of course, you say, oh, that's a great story. Here's a woman who's able to, you know, uh, follow her faith and everything. And the good thing is that the reason she was able to do that is because of her abortion. Oh, how beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's another beautiful story. My abortion allowed me to finish divinity school and get ordained. So essentially, oh, she did wonderful. it for God. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if she's asked him about that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu. Jeffy. You don't too. think God would be okay with that? No, no he loves it. I mean, oh my know, gosh. Come on. Who am I? Who, who, who are we who to are judge? We? Uh, but, you know. uh, I mean, she yeah. did it for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So nice. Such a wonderful story. Triple eight seven two seven Beck, Pat and Stu, uh, Alex Jones <laughs> invites the media to discuss his child custody trial. Then <laughs> he uh, he delivered a magnum opus. Oh, nice! And uh, we're privileged enough to have some of that. 
to share with you. Here it is. I'm very critical of Trump, very critical of the Democrats. Oh, yeah. I'm You're critical of Wait a minute. Stop. Really stop, stop that right stop. there. I'm very critical of Trump. Stop. 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 Thank you. Can we go back to the beginning? That is the... That that might be one of the dumbest things he's ever said. He said a lot of dumb things. The man said Sandy Hook was obviously a hoax. And that is the, the biggest lie he's ever uh, committed. <laughs> he's, he's very critical very of Trump. Critical of Trump? Uh, no, you, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're a lackey for for Trump. That that's that's what he is. No, I mean he's a lackey. He's a Trump lackey. And and for him to even try to claim even any criticism of Trump, I've I've rarely heard from him. Anyway, let's let's watch wow. this again. Wow, that I'm is very critical of Trump. Very critical <laughs> of the Democrats. I'm I'm critical of both political parties. That's really another <laughs> ma- manufactured mainstream media thing. Right. Where, I mean, I'm very happy about Trump on some issues, like trying to get our jobs back to America. I think it's terrible that Trump is talking about indicting Assange, who he said, "If you got more stuff, give it to me." You know, he Trump said, "If you've got more WikiLeaks, give it to me." WikiLeaks. I mean, that's totally wrong. And I've been critical of that for weeks. The media won't pick up on that because it's all just this distortion of where I stand and what I do. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a libertarian. No, you're that's, not. Take no. human animal chimeras. They have jokes all over TV saying, Jones thinks they're crossing humans with pigs and cows. Well, 20 years ago, they were crossing humans and animals and growing them in utero for body parts. That's mainstream you know, scientific journals. That's mainstream. But this cameraman's laughing right here, right? This guy right here. I mean, you could type in human animal chimeras, get 100,000 mainstream articles. But still, people are preconditioned to make a joke that it doesn't exist. Like Harvard saying fluoride lowers your IQ after just two years on 1.6 parts per million. Uh, by by at least 10 points, 12 points, 15 points. People just make jokes. They don't go look up the Harvard studies. It's all just funny God, because be people are followers, man, oh man. and it makes them feel powerful uh, to just laugh at stuff. I mean, here, let's talk to this camera guy. Because when I was talking about human-animal chimeras, he was laughing. Do you not believe human-animal chimeras? <laughs> Couldn't say one way or another. See, that's the smart thing. Like 1984... Yep, yeah, spider goats, all of it. They'll probably play that. Probably have Colbert go, oh, look, spider goats. Do you have any idea how dangerous all these human-animal chimeras are? Do you have any idea of the super viruses and mutations that it's creating that are cancers way up, allergies are way up? This will affect your kids, man. This isn't funny. I've had top scientists talk about this. Well, stop laughing. I mean, 20 years ago, they had rhesus monkeys you could buy in Hong Kong, you know, bazaars that glow in the dark that are part jellyfish. Think that's funny? They have horrible lives. It's incredibly painful for them. Colbert will probably play that because monkeys in medical experiments is funny. It's funny that I'm upset about that. Yeah, it's funny. It, it it's something is, good yeah. to laugh at. It's fun to be ignorant and just mm-hmm. be a trendy. That I mean, I, that was sold as his magnum wow. opus. I cannot deny that that's true. Wow. That, he is, talked, that was post post trial. He talked for about forty minutes. Forty uh, minutes. He talked for about forty minutes. Seriously? He came out. He came out. He talked about. Uh, he threw. Talked a little bit about the Giovanni case. Uh, said that they had, they had that off. That, that was fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. The BBC. The BBC. Mm-hmm. See, this is what happens. So look at you. You're 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 in the middle of of, of saying how smart our audience is. Uh, myths and you're- legends. Okay. They've got a. They have a. Uh, uh, an article. Headlined myths and legends slash myth. So this must be myth. The birth of half human, half animal chimeras. Uh, 
And then they go on to describe. I haven't read the article, so we'll have to do that. But it, they've got an article about it at least, and maybe it's a myth. And he's just bought into it, and he saw that there was a mainstream media outlet talking about it. But they may be talking about how it doesn't exist. I, I don't <laughs> well, know. We'll I, have to look. I mean, we've you know uh, obviously gone through many of these things over the years, and you find that usually there is one. Sort of a hint towards there's at yeah. some point yes. something happened in which you could kind of take it if you take it a really <laughs> weird way that mm-hmm. it's uh, you, the way that he says what's it's usually that way. Um, but beyond that, uh, I'm just amazed by what a tortured life he must live. Yeah, because everything. Mean, I, everything. I mean, from fluoride to, to uh, so what? What does this guy use for toothpaste? Super male vit- vitality formula. It's the only thing he can use. I think they actually do sell fluoride free. They, they do free sell fluoride free toothpaste, toothpaste on his yeah, website. They, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, just thinking about. I forget how ridiculous the stuff he says is. If you were this person who believed these things, it's how a could dark you have place. a moment of happiness in your yeah, life? Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's I mean, dark, it really dark, must be dark, a, a dark. And he's obviously in a dark place. I mean, he's lost his kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he uh, he actually went on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there he is on horseback. There he is on horseback. Uh, he actually went on afterwards. You know, he, he lost this case uh, where he, you know, he, he had control of his children. And um, the judge ruled that, they, that, his, uh, that him and his wife should have joint custody with his wife deciding where the kids live, which is the reverse of what it was previously. It was joint custody with Alex Jones deciding where they lived. Right. Now, what that meant in practice was that she barely saw the kids at all. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was actually talking about how this is a positive. This is exactly what I wanted. This is what I wanted from the beginning. <laughs> really? Yeah, and he was trying to sell it as if what happened was a win for him. No, I mean, this is delusional. Mm-hmm. His wife, who hates his guts and thinks he's a hate-mongering, conspiracy-theorying nutjob, which, by the way, she's right on that, on all of those points, um... Now she gets to decide where the kids live. Now, he, you could, he's trying to kiss the judge's butt because the judge later on has to de- like decide what the split is. Um, but she gets to decide where the primary um, uh, residence is. Residence, schools, everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. she makes all the big decisions in her lives now. And if it was what you wanted, mm-hmm. why the hell did you fight so hard? Right. There's no reason for it. Why was there a court hearing? I mean, the bottom line is, you know, the in trial. my opinion, the man's insane. Well, I think, yeah, I think... Nah, that's really good. just the bottom line of it. Yeah. I mean, and so all, it's hard very to just... Troubled. Yeah, very, really... Uh, I mean, I mean we, uh, we saw the real truth, of course, on The Wonderful World of Stu, but maybe we'll play that on Patents too this week. Um, but uh, it's a disturbing, disturbing life. Yeah, very much so. The man. 888-727. Back more Patents too is inevitable. Whew. So. Come back and join us for that. Or you're a globalist. Globalist. Here are some stories that Jeffy found. Share with us. That's a problem. Problem's going to have to be solved at the Fisher household. I'll tell you that. What's that? Uh, this weekend, uh, my wife had some event to go to, and uh, she knows that uh, she's supposed to uh, bake. 
Uh, that's what I provide a kitchen for. That's what I provide a house for, uh, for baked goods to be made. Mm-hmm. And yet she purchased them from some mm. riff-raff chain of grocery stores, and they're not even close to being as good as what she makes. So put the foot down on that. You put that foot down on it. There's an interesting uh, description of how you would put your foot down on something, which basically was allow her to do it exactly the way she wanted. Because you brought in the excess. I didn't know. Now I know. Sneaking around so it's, it's never, my back. Never again she's going to purchase from a riffraff chain. Was that was your... <laughs> what do you have on Jessica? So anyway, a super blue fluoride-free toothpaste is what you can get on Infowars.com. Okay? Super blue fluoride-free. Super blue okay. fluoride-free toothpaste good, is what you get at Infowars.com. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Uh, as far as the box office, I know we talked a little bit about uh, you seeing the circle this weekend, which I found golly. fascinating. It was the sh- it was uh, like the uh, fourth fourth place this weekend. Mm. It's kind of surprising, brand new. Next weekend, though, they're claiming that you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Very big because oh, they already released wow. it this weekend uh, in some other countries. So I mean, they've already gotten over a hundred million. So far. Really? Wow. Uh, and then they make another big release next weekend to a bunch more countries. So they're looking at maybe they were trying to gather whether it was going to hit a billion or not. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it looks, it looks like it's going to be another huge hit. I know. Uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, I loved the first one. I did, I you know, I really I did, too. too. And I, I don't like it. those movies, as you know. I'm not a big... I, yeah. I like the sarcasm sort of darker so angles good. on those yeah. movies. Really that funny. really good, yeah. Yeah. But you saw The Circle. This is what I actually wanted to talk about because I wanted to see this bad. And when we played the trailer here yeah, on this program, we it did look good. But we also left it open for it's it, one of those trailers yeah. that made you think that yeah. it could possibly go the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it did. It did go the other direction <laughs> into bad, very, very, very bad territory. That is so it, strange, It's just too. a bad movie. Just a bad movie. I mean, you movie. looked down to Tom Hanks. Was, uh, why? I know. I, I, I wondered that the, the whole time I was watching him. Like, why is Tom Hanks in this? Is he this desperate? I mean, why is Emma Watson in this? It, it just must be unbelievable payday for him because they were, and, and really, they were both pretty bad in it. The acting is terrible in it. The, the so story they were is. So just walk, sleepwalking through the stupid thing. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. Uh, but you said it was fourth over the weekend? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Fate of the Furious is still ranking number one. Um, well, I wish I'm going to have to see this. I wasn't going to, but now that it's number two, uh, how to be a Latin lover. Um, well, you know, that, you know that obviously from your. Experience. Oh, I want to see if they actually portray it correctly. Uh, <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Do you? Okay. You know, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and number three was uh, what is it? The conclusion, uh, Bahu Bali, two. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know what that movie is. I've never heard of that. I have not either. B a a h u b a l i two. The conclusion. Okay. I, what? I don't know what that is. I don't know either. I'm gonna have to look it up. Well, uh, pretty interesting there, Jack. What else? You All got? right. So one of the one of the new things that I'm looking forward to uh, participating in, and I haven't done this yet, and I really want to. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start. One of the big new trends uh, trending across the world is uh, people uh, going to uh, world class places special places on the planet Earth, and then taking a picture for their Instagram account with their butt showing. And uh, it's been trending all over. What? 
all over Instagram, people are uh, going to uh, very special places around the globe and then having a picture taken with their naked butt. Okay. Now, this is, a, this is a trend you started a long time ago. But <laughs> this is very I weird. Mean, it is really, really weird. Also, really Instagram weird. doesn't even have nudity, does it? Well, or this like, isn't nude. I thought you said it was a butt. You're just showing a butt. Well, what do you think nudity is? It's what you're just showing a part of oh, your body. It's a butt. Oh, man. So you don't think butt counts as no. nudity? And of course, look how much more brazen, brazen the guys are. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just, and it's the last thing in the world you want to happen. Uh, it's just, you it's know? so bad. Uh, it's just so bad. So have you done any of these yet? Would you, are you considering loading up your Instagram feed with some of them? This is the type of thing you would do. Oh, I love this. Absolutely. Why do you <laughs> love it, though? Because it's just funny. Is it's it? It's just funny. Yeah, it's funny. It is. Now, these people, you know, obviously, you could do it anywhere. You know, I mean, this is... They think they're cool because they're, you know, go traveling the world, but you need to do places. <laughs> Jeffy's is like, this is so me what? in front of Hobby Lobby. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> why? Going into Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I mean, that's what you need to do. And right? that's why my butt is so fat. <laughs> as you can see here pictured. See he, what he's saying you don't here, know Jeffy, that. just so you know. Would I, so you're aware? I wouldn't so say So you're that, aware? Uh, what he's saying is you're um, overweight. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, You're fat. You know. Athletically overweight, as we saw but, in the NFL draft. There's a lot of people who are athletically fat. overweight. Thank you. You, on the so other thank hand, you. are not, thank you. not athletically mm. overweight. Exactly proves my point this right. past week. And that's the sign proves so. your point, too, I think, behind mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> that proves your point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's right. All it, right. It proved your point a minute ago, and then they changed it to just he's And fat. more incredible points are to be had soon right here you know Stu and Jeffy. Uh, welcome. 888 beck 888-727-BECK is uh, our phone number. Uh, have you read about this surgeon in, uh, I'm trying to think where it is, is it Russia? That is, that believes he can, he could do a head transplant? A head transplant. It says he already has a, I think he has a donor yeah. uh, body, and then he's got... I don't know where you get a donor head, though, right? I guess he takes the head off of the guy. He's got a guy who uh, has some sort of disease. Have you read about this, Jeffy? A little bit. He, uh, he's got some sort of disease, and I don't think he can move at all right, right now. He's like he's paralyzed from, I think, the neck down. So I think you'd take his head off and put it on the body of a donor. Uh, somebody donated their body to this cause. And... Uh, the problem with this particular surgery is we're about 300 years away from being able to do it. <laughs> if that, really. If I mean, that. The human body is really an, an amazing piece of work. And it's yeah. to put a head on, on, on a, a body, you can't, I mean, it can't be done right now. It just, and all, 
All surgeons, all doctors across the world are like, this guy's out of his mind. You can't do this. And he's going to try it anyway. He believes he can do it. And he believes that he can reattach all of the... I mean, there are thousands, thousands. and thousands of nerve endings and and sensory and, and all kinds of arteries that you have to reattach and, and, and then to reanimate them. We don't know how to do any of that. We can't... There's no... It doesn't exist. But other than that... Other than that, it's going to be a great surgery for the guy. Now, I guess the guy is probably in such a way that, you know, if he dies, he dies, and he's willing to take that chance. No, I, I don't think it's worth going after someone's life like that. I think maybe if Jeffy uh, would, continue, would, would consider... Jeffy, I don't. Um, I think the three hundred year thing is way out of line. Me too. Me too. I think they can do it now. Don't I think you? They can do it now. Well, don't you? Didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> you should oh, try this because you had this big fat body. What if they gave you? a really good body. Look, if somebody wants my body, <laughs> no, nobody uh, wants your to, body. To help them out. I'm thinking we remove your head and put it oh, on you're a looking good at the body. Other, you're looking at the other one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We remove the head. And then I'm sure he. This guy is really brilliant, and I think he's done it with mice. So he, I'm pretty sure he can do it with you. I'm pretty, you know, I'm kind of confident. What if we were to take you take you separate the head, and then you 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 get rid of the parts that people don't want, obviously, and then you keep the parts that people do want. Now in this particular case, no one wants either part, so we would just bury you. <laughs> I wouldn't be helping anyone. No, no, you'd be helping a lot of people. <laughs> no, I'd be helping a lot, about. a lot of people. <laughs> You'd be helping so would, many people. They said that he's done this. He's tried the surgery on some animals. Yeah, and, <laughs> how's and that worked out? It's unbelievable. <laughs> they said it is so gruesome to watch because oh, you see these poor, like these mice, trying to move around with on these limp bodies that they can't really. I, I guess it's kind of they're alive. Right, but they're not able to, you know, do anything. They, and they, here's the guy who was mocking the human chimeras just moments ago. Thank you, stupid gear. <laughs> Look at this. Now this guy. Now thank he's you, finally learning gear. the truth about human-animal hybrids. That's right. Uh, you know, you ever see this? It's like, um, you know, you've got. Uh, it's like you go to the zoo. You see a turtle in a tank, and it's just a like, gulping on the side, and you feel you feel for it. No. No. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> no one has ever thought that about a turtle. Never, never once thought that about a turtle. <laughs> Gulping inside a thing and clawing a, at the tank. I've never seen a, that. It's a water-based no. animal. It's in there like half the time. Why would you feel bad? Because so it was a human hybrid. You ever, you ever go to a zoo like a zoo and see a turtle in there? And they're, they're in a tank and they're gulping and they're clawing, kind of clawing at the, at the wall. You feel no. for it, and you feel and you, for, and it. You feel for yeah. it because it's a human hybrid. I mean, he look, a lot of people don't talk about it because it's so fantastical. <laughs> Never told the story. Really. So I can't even do that voice. It blows my voice up for like the whole day. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. I can't. Sucks. Every time I do it, and we, you know, we do it. Pat, Pat has a, a superhuman. He has a chimera voice. The voice <laughs> yes, of some creature that has that never. Mm-hmm. It never tires. It never strains. It never hurts. Mm. Me, man, I do that voice. Seriously, sometimes thirty seconds, and the whole rest of the day, my throat just kills. Wow, that's really bad. That I don't think I weird. can do it anymore. I, I've been thinking lately. I need to actually just stop doing it. If anyone needs a head transplant. That's true. I go. I would. It's uh, a good point. I would. Uh, that's a good, a good point. point. Mm-hmm. Or at least get some different uh, vocal cords out of it. Yeah, right. Some tougher vocal. Try cords. that. Yeah. We're in such sissy vocal cords. <laughs> it's true. I admit you know. it. 
That's really kind of unfortunate. Uh, all right, well, we got a, we got a true man of science that we need to follow now, and uh, uh, that's Bill Nye. Bill Nye, the science guy. This is kind of Bill Nye versus Bill Nye, uh, because apparently the science guy once preached that human life begins at conception. Is that possible? Let's take a peek. Eggs get fertilized, and by that I mean sperm get accepted by ova a lot. <laughs> Uh-huh. But that's not all you need. You have to attach to the uterine wall, the inside of the mm-hmm. of uh, a womb. But if you're going to mm-hmm. hold that as a standard, yeah, that is to say, if you're going to say mm-hmm. when an egg is fertilized, it's therefore all has the same rights as an individual. Then who are you going to whom are you going to sue? Whom are you going to imprison? Well, Every woman who's s- had a fertilized egg passed through her. No, Every guy no, who's dummy. Sperm has fertilized an egg, and then it didn't become a human. Have all these people failed you? Uh, it's just a reflection of a deep scientific lack that is of not understanding. Deep. There's nothing and, deep about uh, what you just did. You, you, you literally, or you apparently, literally don't know what you're talking about. Okay. No, actually, there's a difference, um, um, Pat. And I don't know if you can detect. Nobody's this. talking about punishment for these people anyway the only ones who are talking about punishing anybody who would have abortion if they were illegal are these a-holes are these morons they're the only ones talking about it nobody's talking about we're gonna we're looking for someone but we're trying to save lives we're not trying to assess punishments here what we want to do is save human babies and that's so bad that's so terrible I mean, I, I don't know who pays the penalty. We'll work that out after. Maybe the doctor. I don't know. If they're doing things illegally, then maybe they should pay for it. But we're not talking about the mother or the father paying any sort of penalty here. It's ludicrous. Right. And then like the idea that, that when you say, you know, A, there is a difference between something that has happened without someone's intent ending the life. Right. Right. Um, uh, and B, there's also, so intent being a big, big issue here. Like we, we understand that sometimes like if you there are go to an abortion right? clinic on purpose and have an abortion, that's intent. Right. A miscarriage is not, no one's saying we should, someone should be sued over a miscarriage. Right. Right. No that's one's saying that, that's, no one has that's ever said that. Stupid. Like you're intentionally, he's intentionally making out, like looking at the he's most extreme, ridiculous examples. Exactly. To knock them down. And, and then, setting them on fire. Yeah. And then also really like, hard. you know, the, well, how are you going to give rights? Who's, who's going to sue? It's like, well, you know, maybe while certainly um, life is important, like you're right. I mean, they're probably not going to, they're probably not going to be have legal, you're um, not going to be suing many people. Um, uh, you know, as they mm-hmm. develop in the, in, the, in the womb. Probably not that common. Probably something that he could have figured out with mm-hmm. a second of thought if that was his intent to actually try to figure it out. Except Mostly what we're saying is, like, maybe we shouldn't kill it. Like, I mean, maybe we don't give him all the rights. Maybe we just give it that one right, that mm-hmm. it should avoid the ability, it should at least have the ability to avoid being murdered. Maybe that one right is a right we should consider uh, furthering. Um, you know, maybe you don't need every single one. Maybe you're like, well, would they, do they also have the right to, to, to a free press in the womb? You know what? <laughs> no, they prob- maybe you're right. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't have it. God, do they have to, would they have to quarter soldiers in the womb then? Do they have a right to stop that? You know what? I don't care about that. I want them to be alive. And when they get alive, when they grow up a little bit. We could ask them about it. See how they feel about that particular yeah, thing. T- to me, the woman's uh, right to choose whether to quarter a soldier in her womb comes into play on that one. <laughs> I think I'm it gonna, does, too. I'm going to consult her first. <laughs>
<laughs> say, hey, do you want this sergeant major in your womb along well, with your fetus? Well, no, no, probably well, not. But I mean, in that <laughs> in, in that circumstance, really, if the third brigade the wants to wants to quarter in your womb. Is that all right with you? No, no. I'm gonna say no. But she's she's a, she's just the landlord there. The fetus is the one living it. Right. That's right? That so is really true. the fetus should have that the right true. to say. And maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would be all for quartering. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out about that. Oh, uh, but uh, it's interesting because from 1993, the Daily Wire actually I think found this originally. I know it's been on a bunch of sites. Oh, this um, is great. And this is him talking about uh, human life and personhood at conception. Watch. Okay. Well, look at these bundles of genetic code. Oh. Cute. Actually, they're babies. I was a baby once. Mm-hmm. Those were the days. <laughs> I grew out of it. Funny because of the bow tie. Yeah. You and me and every person became a person the same way. Like this. Here's a picture of my mom and dad. Now, to make a person like me, I got a special reproductive cell from my mom called an egg. And I got another special reproductive cell from my dad called a sperm. <laughs> Now, each of these cells only has half of the chromosomes, half of the genes you need to make a person. But they combine in a sort of genetic square dance. And this one new cell grows into somebody like me. Here, let me show you my baby pictures. See, here's one of the chromosomes I got from my dad. And here's one of the chromosomes I got from my mom. And here they are combining. The egg is being fertilized by the sperm. Then this brand new combination of genes immediately springs into action to make the new cell grow. And that one cell divides into two cells like this. But these cells keep dividing, dividing and dividing. So you have all 50 trillion cells you need to make a whole new person. Like these little bundles of genetic code. <laughs> right? Yes, you like nucleic acid. I mean, he seems to be saying that, yes, that's personhood, right? I mean, he, sa- he certainly says, it. this is my baby picture. And right. then he shows... At the moment of conception or near it. Um, also, let's be honest, that show's terrible. Yeah, really I mean, bad. not only is new shows bad, the old show is bad. I mean, what, what, that's just awful. He's, he sucks. <laughs> you want to talk about science? Bill Nye sucks. Yeah. That's science for you. Mm-hmm. He sucks. Wow. That's strong. It sure too. is. But true. It's strong. But true. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's a weird uh, thing, this whole Bill Nye thing. I went to uh, Netflix this weekend um, to uh, watch uh, an episode of a program, and they still have that thing, yes, like the do. featured slot. Because yep, it's a new show. But, I mean, don't you... I mean, I think the argument could be made that the approval of that show to be on Netflix should result in the company shutting down. Yes. I think like, there's a legitimate <clears throat> no. argument to be made that they should just burn all of the buildings to the ground themselves. No one doing that to them, obviously. But then they're saying, you know what, we're going to take the initiative here, and we're just going to light the building on fire, and then we're going to walk away and do other things and hope people don't notice we were associated with that show. I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that Netflix should just take that upon themselves and say, you know what? No way. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix. Oh, there's one a great, show? There's great stuff on Netflix. You burn a network down for one show? <laughs> yes. World of Stubergear? <laughs> it's, it's a fair point. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that, Netflix. Just just realize it was a mistake. It's not putting it in my featured face. Um, no, there's a lot of great shows on Netflix. I just don't, I, That one I don't understand. I don't understand the fascination with that guy. I think it is one of those things where it's like association oh, with yeah. something that you remember in your childhood being good, but we've just be. proven it be. wasn't. We just proven it wasn't. Well, there's a lot of shows the show, we watch now that, you know, happened back that, then that we'd say... That don't hold up. Yeah. 
And the, I've, clearly, that is one of them. <laughs> it's like, hey, what if we put a bunch of sound effects when he moves his hands? That would be an interesting way to so stupid. tell kids about yes. science. Yeah, really stupid. It's Oof. just because it, it moved quickly, and it was... Yep. It, and there's sound effects. It was unlike mm-hmm. any other children's show on at the time. And so I think he got a little notoriety and, and it went to his head. And he started thinking he was somebody when he's really not. What's interesting, though, is he's reversed seemingly every important position he's had on matters of science. It does seem that way. Uh, he doesn't seem to hold any of them anymore. Because he wanted to be on TV. Yeah. yeah. And now he right. knows the way to be on TV right. is to say the other thing. Mm-hmm. You now he has to be super liberal progressive. Uh, and that, that gives you the attention he desires. And obviously, it's the, you know, the thing he cares about most. Is and, and one of his big deals is, is global warming, climate change, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, this is kind of interesting because Al Gore's group, uh, the, his climate change group, is demanding $15 trillion. $15 trillion. Now, there was a world group that we talked about a while ago, a week or two ago, that was demanding $90 trillion, was it? Was it 90 I think it was $90 trillion. What, what group was that? Do you remember? I don't remember the name of the group, but uh, we that did wasn't the IPCC, it on the right? No, it was another international climate group. I don't <clears> remember the name of it though. So this this group wants fifteen trillion. It's a bargain. The, the world group wants ninety trillion, which is more money than exists on the planet um, by uh, almost double. And I guess we're supposed to be completely okay with it. We're just uh, yes, go ahead, spend it because uh, there is. Uh, about 0.9 degrees worth of warming that we need to deal with over the last hundred years. So that's worth 15 to 90 trillion dollars. Well, yeah, the report uh, by Global Commission uh-huh. uh, on the economy and climate says the world needs urgent, urgent. shift away from carbon heavy infrastructure over the next 15 years. And that's going to take 90 trillion. 90 trillion. That's all, that's all though. That and what group all. is it? This is this, this is a study by the Global <laughs> Commission on the Economy and Climate. Okay. Uh, but all they want chaired is by Lord Nicholas Stern. Oh yeah, Stern is uh he's one of these guys yeah, for with a long time, yeah. Um uh, by the way, Who's on my Lord Facebook page, Nicholas if you go there Stern. now and if you don't like that page, you're a communist. Um there is a uh a new commercial for something that I think uh, maybe we could show it this week as well, the solar roller. Uh, which I think it could com- could probably solve nice. all of our climate problems. The solar roller? Yeah, so uh, check that out uh, at facebook.com slash Stubergear, like which you see sites. on the screen right now. All right. No, that's something else, Jeffy. Um, did, you hear these, did you see this controversy at all, Pat, on the, uh, on the New York Times op-ed? Or were you done with it? Do you have more than that? Than that? Well, I, I was going to go wanna... over some of the uh, spectacularly wrong oh, climate yeah, predictions they had. Oh, you got to do this. This um, is too good. Because the, there's been 18 of them at least uh, from just 1970, the... Climate predictions from the very first Earth Day. <laughs> okay, this is great. Uh, number one, Harvard biologist George Wald estimated that, quote, civilization will end within 15 to 30 years unless immediate action is taken against problems facing mankind. Okay, so that would have been 1985 to, um, nine, to the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, the civilization has not ended. Did we, did we live through that, though? Yeah, we lived remember through that. Remember the year we 2000 crisis? We're though? okay. That was a big no, deal. No, we're all right. Um, number two, we're in an environmental crisis which threatens the survival of this nation and of the world as a suitable place of human habitation, according to Washington University biologist Barry Commoner on mm. Earth Day. Now, do we still have a place of habitation here in the United States? Seems it's like arguable. It. I would say it's arguable, okay. but I think so. 
The day after the first Earth Day, the New York Times editorial page warned, man must stop pollution and conserve his resources, not merely to enhance existence, but to save the race from intolerable deterioration and possible extinction. Okay, we're uh, past that a ways, 47 years, Okay, and we're still here. Again, we're not extinct, as far as I know. There seems to be about 7 billion of us that are still here. We'll look into that. Okay. Uh, number four, population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make, according to Paul Ehrlich. Uh, the death rate will increase until at least one to 200 million per year will be starving to death during the next 10 years. Could they have missed these things by more? Is it 1980 yet? Is it 1980 Is it 1980? Have 100 million to 200 million died? Check my calendar here. It's 1980. (laughs) Because seriously, I mean, Paul Ehrlich was... Disaster. A buffoon. Mm-hmm. Number five, most of the people who are going to die in the greatest cataclysm in the history of man have already been born, according to Paul Ehrlich. Uh, eco-catastrophe. By 1975, some experts feel that food shortages will have escalated the present level of world hunger and starvation into famines of unbelievable proportions. Other experts, more optimistic, think the ultimate food population collision will not occur until... The decade of the 1980s. So sometime in the 80s. Yeah, sometime in the 80s, we're all dead. Anytime in the 80s. Anytime. If the, when the 1980s get here and you start hearing, you spin me round, round like a record, baby, round, round, you know you're about to die. <laughs> okay? It did feel like we were going to die when I heard that song. <laughs> it did. Um, it did, it didn't it? happen. Uh, number six, Ehrlich sketched out his most alarmist scenario for, for Earth Day uh, by saying that between 1980 and 1989, some Four billion people, including 65 million Americans, would perish in the Great Die-Off. <laughs> the Great Die-Off. And we're the ones that are, are, are... Remember Glenn getting parodied for having a doom room? Right. And, and all of his worst-case scenarios? They're saying everyone's going to die. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how they get away with this. It's the most alarmist nonsense in the world. It never, it never comes true. Dennis Hayes said, it's already too late to avoid mass starvation. I like that one because that By one 1970. Like, okay, well, let's not do anything about it then. <laughs> right. I, I mean, this goes on and on, and maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a few more. But man, I mean, yeah, I want more. Wildly, unbelievably wrong. Pat, I'm requesting more. Are Can you? we do the commercial and come back and do more? Okay. Because yes, I want more. We will. Okay. I want more. We'll do more. But the fact is, uh, your current phone carrier is probably killing you. <laughs> yes. Did you know, if you mm-hmm. don't change to Patriot Mobile right now, 200 million people will starve to death in the next five minutes. <laughs> uh, that comes directly from Paul Ehrlich, uh, who is a, <laughs> a biologist. Uh, now, um, Patriot Mobile, we know, we've been talking to you about this, and we, we laugh uh, about the nonsensical global warming predictions, but like the money's real. We're talking $90 trillion they actually want. Um, Al Gore's mm-hmm. group only wants $15 trillion, so if you want to go on the low end of that, that's fine, too. The bottom line, though, is your phone company takes the money you send them for your phone bill, and many of them actually donate to liberal causes. One of the big ones that they uh, donate to is a group called 350.org, which is a hardcore left-wing um, climate group um, that wants to do nothing but take money and destroy capitalism uh, to try to advance these climate goals, which really winds up just being a big, fat pile of socialism. Yeah, absolutely. But that's why there's Patriot Mobile. They offer the nationwide talk and text, the high-speed 4G LTE, and, and lower prices than you're paying now. But they donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization that you like. 
Yep, uh, they're going to buy out your contract as well because I know it's a big hang-up. If you want to switch companies and you got to deal with the, the penalties and everything else, nobody wants to pay those uh, except for Patriot Mobile. They'll pay your penalties for you, $500 per line or $1,500 account. They'll let you keep your phone number and you'll get all the nationwide coverage while supporting conservative values that you believe in. And it doesn't end there. You can also get a free iPhone 5S or the Galaxy S5 when you sign up for the $45 monthly unlimited talk, text, and data plan or choose from other great phones too. Yep, Patriot Mobile gives Gives you 10% off if you're in the military or, uh, or if uh, you are a first responder and are in one of the families. Uh, and they will uh, uh, they will hook you up with a $35 activation fee uh, waiver if you uh, use the promo code Pat and Stew. you got to use that promo code, though, Pat and Stew, and you'll get the $35 always off. always a catch. Plus, you got to go to PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stew. So do that. PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stew or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. All right. Climate failures, part deux. Uh, these are uh, 18 that were predicted in, in 1970. How many, Jeffy? 18. <laughs> good, good. Good job. Uh, and obviously, um, many have not come to fruition. Let's, let's find out if there's any that have actually occurred that we can really sink our teeth into. So far, they predicted 4 billion people dead. Seems not to have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Peter Gunter. North Texas State University professor wrote in 1970, demographers agree almost unanimously. This is what they've been saying forever. Yeah, almost unanimously. It's a consensus. S- we've got certitude. We've got a consensus. It's unanimous. On the following grim timetable, by 1975, widespread famines will begin in India. These will spread by 1990 to include all of India, Pakistan, China, and the Near East and Africa. By the year 2000, or conceivably sooner, South and Central America will exist under famine conditions. By the year 2000, 30 years from now, the entire world, with the exception of Western Europe, North America, and Australia, will be in famine. Uh, incorrect. Uh, number nine. In January 1970, Life reported scientists have solid experimental and theoretical evidence to support the following predictions. In a decade, urban dwellers, <laughs> urban dwellers will have to wear gas masks to survive the air pollution. <laughs> Okay, yep. that's, but it's by 1980, so I'm a little scared. I'm, I'm worried about the future, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Because um, if it keeps going all the way around and then goes back to zero, right. and then, then it gets back to 1980 <laughs> again, I'm going to be really concerned about that. keep this in there. mind, too, because then five years later, by 1985, mm-hmm. air pollution will have reduced the amount of sunlight reaching the Earth by one half. Oh, boy. You'll get only half the sunlight by this 1985. This is in 85? Yeah. Oh, boy. You scared now? Again, listen for... You spin me round, round, baby, like a record, round, round. Mm-hmm. And, and when, that, when that starts being played on the radio, you're almost dead. It's interesting. In 1985, <laughs> uh, there was a documentary uh, made about uh, traveling to the future to 2015, which also predicted a really dark, terrible world yeah. in which no sunlight reached the earth. And Biff Tannen ran the town. Um, it's interesting that every vision of the future, from uh, from seemingly everybody is this dystopian hellhole where nothing is good and nothing you know everything is awful. When really, like you know, as much as we have a lot of problems, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, how many? Like you have to realize that so many of these things are 
we had so many good things happen. We oh, talked yeah. about them last week. You know, yeah. 400 million people in China ripped out of poverty. Um, you know, by their hybrid of, of capitalism and, right. and communism, and they're not even doing it right. Imagine yeah. if they did. Oh my gosh, they would be scared. It'd probably be 1.4 billion. Yeah, well, it'd be their whole population. Again, that's positive, right? We want yeah, people not to die. It's great. Uh, it's great. Amazing. Uh, ecologist Kenneth Watt told Time. That at the present rate of nitrogen buildup, it's only a matter of time before light will be filtered out of the atmosphere and none of our land will be usable. Hmm. None of it. Now that's by 1985. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Barry Commoner predicted that decaying organic pollutants would use up all the oxygen in America's rivers, causing fishwater fish to suffocate. That's by 1980. Paul Ehrlich chimed in, predicting in 1970 that air pollution is certainly going to take hundreds of thousands of lives in the next few years alone. Uh, Ehrlich sketched a scenario in which 200,000 Americans would die in 1973 during smog disasters in New York and Los Angeles. Why are these people listened to? They've been so wrong for so long. And they're doing the same kind of catastrophic predictions now. In fact, they're worse now because they're trying to make you feel like it's happening as we speak. They'll talk about flooding and famine and drought and these uh, like you can't pin them down on where or how or how is it unusual or is it more frequent because it's not i mean there's always been occasional drought there have always been occasional flooding there will continue to be but it's it's no more frequent than it's ever been right isn't isn't the trend about the same or lower uh yeah yeah, uh, about the same or lower is probably a fair way of uh, of stating it. And it's it's you know everyone could constantly, um, you know, there's this thing with you know going to the climate of climate sensitivity of that. How are these things? How do they feed back to each other? Is there a positive ongoing loop of of forces changing the temperature higher, which makes the force worse, and it keeps going and going and escalating and escalating, or is there a negative feedback loop where these things tend to dissipate? Um, you know. For any stable system, a negative feedback loop is the most common because if you have something that every little thing that changes in, 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 a, in an ecosystem um, changes something else and it constantly escalates, then eventually you're, the, the worst things happen, right? Because yeah. you, you can't stop it. It's the idea of a uh, snowball rolling down a hill. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and the climate effects get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. The other, the competing theory with that is it's a negative feedback system where like where, you know, when things go wrong, the system tends to be able to correct for them. We saw that with the oceans. That uh, absorbed 200 degrees of heat. Which they did not, they did not think was going to happen until very recently. And now all of a sudden it's again consensus. They just, no one thought it was going to happen. Everyone thought it was going to be much worse than to explain the pause. They said, oh, well, it all went into the ocean. We didn't think that was going to happen. How are we supposed to know that was going to happen? But now we know that it happened, so we're right again. It's like every scientist has this weird power to be able to state that only they can tell you when they're right. And they can always say, they're always right because at the moment they say they're right. And they can always say, well, the old opinion we used to have was wrong, of course. However, now yep. we're right. Correct. Now they're always right in their minds. Yeah. Uh, and the media you know, laps it up, and it's really a frustrating debate. And that's the headline this weekend, right? New report about Antarctica. Horrible news for the global warming alarmist. You know, everybody... Uh, oh, no, no. T- uh, yeah, I know. Oh, what was I it? Know. Well, wait, save it. Save it at the end, because we'll hear that okay. disaster in a second, all right? And, and, exactly. that. and that and the New York Times we have to get to as well. <laughs> uh, ecologist Kenneth Watt declared by the year 2000, okay, so when 2000 rolls around, be ready for this. 
if present oh, no. trends continue, we'll be using up crude oil at such a rate that there won't be any more crude oil. And this is just going to happen by 2000. Yeah, by 2000. Okay. You'll drive up to the pump and say, fill her up, buddy. And he'll say, I am very sorry. There isn't any left. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why I couldn't get any gas this weekend. <laughs> really? It's all gone. It was all no, gone. No, it's weird because we've increased our production more. and have Oh, that's right. That's right. I got plenty gasoline of gasoline than any, that's right. any time in history. That. Harrison Brown, a scientist in the National Academy of Sciences, published a chart that looked at metal reserves and estimated the humani- that humanity would totally run out of copper shortly after 2000. Lead, zinc, tin, gold, and silver would be gone before 1990. Uh, Gaylord Nelson wrote in Look that Dr. S. Dylan Ripley, secretary of the Smithsonian Institute, believes that in 25 years, uh, somewhere between 75 and 80 percent of species living today will be extinct. Did not happen. In 1975, Ehrlich predicted that since more than nine tenths of the original tropical rainforest will be removed in most areas within the next 30 years or so, it's expected that half of the organisms in these areas will vanish with it. And Kenneth Watt, again, warned about <laughs> a guy. pending ice age in a speech. The world has been chilling sharply for about 20 years. If present trends continue, the world will be about four degrees colder for the global mean temperature in 1990, but 11 degrees colder in the year 2000. Burr. This is about twice of what it would take to put us into an ice age. A lot of people are going to die by 2000. A I mean, lot we've, got to, we've got to make some changes. Dead people because got of that. Got to make some changes. Well, that ice age. I mean, look at the the uh, we we've got the the glacier outside this studio right now. None of us can even get to our cars because of it. Do you believe that stupid prince thought we were going to be partying in 1999? <laughs> uh, no, what we were all going to be dead. Lunatic. We're all going to be dead and, and now look at look at him. Dead. Right? Okay, so what was Antarctica's All right, thing? so, of course, uh, Gore wrote about uh, the claim Antarctica would warm faster than the global average. Uh, well, <clears throat> a study published in the journal uh, Science of the Total Environment in February, now getting the attention, um, Antarctica Peninsula is cooling, and that previous warming in the second half of the 21st century, uh, that's just an extreme case. Don't worry about it, because right now... Uh, We've got uh, we got more uh, significant impact in Antarctica's peninsula. Uh, glacier recession? No, uh, more there's more ice than ever. We're fine. So the weather it's amazing. It's, it's actually it's amazing. Just changes. So uh, it's actually colder right. in Antarctica right, right now changes. than they. Yes, hmm, that's weird. All right, we, we got to save the uh, New York Times. Marissa, can we bring the New York Times thing back for tomorrow? Because it's so good. Uh, it, this it big controversy about it. Yeah, because there's a big controversy about this new conservative. And really, he's like an establishment Republican. I would say establishment Republican level of conservatism has brought uh, a New York new uh, guy who's on the op-ed uh, panel of mm-hmm. the New York Times wrote something mildly critical about the way people talk oh, about global you, you warming. You can't do that. You and can't do that. he's getting destroyed for it. We have to go into that maybe a little bit tomorrow. We're going to take a break, though. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back with more in a second. Unbelievable. I tell you, I, I, this global warming thing. Well, but by 1980, it's going to be really bad. We're, we're dead. We're dead. We're, we're, I think we're by 1980, I don't think any of us lived through that. The 80s are going to be so bad. Again, listen for the song, You Spin Me Right Round, Baby, Like a Record Right Round. Uh, uh, Spoons. (laughs) 
uh, our, our wonderful life here as we uh, are able to taste test these foods for you every day mm. continues here on Spoons. Uh, and just today, for science. Yeah, it's for just science. That's we just told you about is. the global warming that's thing that's is. going on. This is just as scientific, I think. This science. is uh, Reese's Chewy Chips Ahoy. Uh, the version today is a chocolate version. Now, I think they have a, a regular version as well. This is like a double chocolate situation. Uh, Chewy Chips Ahoy, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So we're only doing one today? Only one what? One, one type and of food? Where's the ice cream? No, don't we need cookies get, and ice cream? We don't get ice cream with every food that we try. Oh, <laughs> we man. We did last week. And we don't have it here. We got it last week. What's wrong now? Thank you. Look at that right there. Look at the size look at of that. Look at that piece of uh, Reese's peanut butter cup right there. I know. That look is at the size oh, of these yeah. cookies. They fit perfectly in a glass that you could dip if there were milk. Oh, good God. Oh, geez, I hate him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they're soft. They're soft. Um, sure. They're fresh. Good that Marissa got it, kept them fresh this time. I freaking love Chewy Chips Ahoy. It's one of my favorite, like, pre-packaged cookies mm-hmm. you can get at a grocery store. Yeah, um, I don't like crunchy, hard cookies. Yeah, I, they don't work. I don't like that. Much. These are very good. Um, I, I don't... There's not a Excuse huge me. difference between this and a normal Chewy, Chip, Chewy Chips Ooh. Ahoy. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of a peanut butter burst there, but it, it's not as big as you would think it would be. Um, and the chocolate cookie, I don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, the the regular cookie a little bit better, I would say. I do. Um, the cookie itself is, I mean, it's fine. It tastes, it tastes like normal Chewy Chips Ahoy. Now, mm-hmm. when you start with a great base like a chip, Chewy Chips Ahoy, you're going to have a good rating. Tough to go wrong. It's tough to go wrong. But I would say uh, these don't like light me on fire as an incredible improvement. No, they're, um, but they're pretty good. But they're pretty good, yeah. I mean, let me try one more bite just to make sure. What do you think of this? Two cookies, 140 calories. That's it? Calories are a myth. <laughs> That's it. Just like the huh. human ch- ch- Cal- Calories are a myth. They're, they don't really mean anything. No. Neither does fat grams. Uh, I'll, I'll give these a. Uh, I'll give them a thirteen. Uh, they're they're really? good, but they didn't really improve on yeah. this already solid package. Like a normal chewy chips ahoy, I'd probably give a little bit higher than that. But these are just because they're trying to do something crazy, and it didn't light me on fire. I'm going to give it a thirteen. I'll give it eleven. Uh, eleven, Jeffy. Me. I mean, they're pretty good for chips ahoy. I like them. Right. That's well, not I the like question. Chips ahoy. Mm-hmm. Question is, what number? Are you going to give? <laughs> I'm just saying, I like Chips Ahoy. I don't necessarily... I do agree with Stu. I don't necessarily think it needs the chocolate. What number? The number would be what? For the love of heaven, give us a number! <laughs> Man, I didn't realize we were going to be playing this today. Uh, this is the Alex Jones uh, thing from Wonderful World of Stew that you'd need to see. Maybe we'll bring it back again because we need to well, talk about this. We need really. to discuss it. Yeah. It's really and there's important. no time left today, but we will uh, eh, bring it back in the first hour tomorrow maybe. Seriously, watch this and tell me you do not believe this, this theory. I, I, I mean, I don't see how you avoid it after this information. Watch. Welcome to Conspiratorial Conspiracies. I'm your host, Stuber Gear. Or am I? What if a person you casually watch on television or on the internet is not who they say they are? On today's episode, we will explore the mountain of evidence that suggests Alex Jones is not Alex Jones. We all know Alex Jones is a fan of conspiracies. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Ugh. 
crap. But this is the one conspiracy he doesn't like. It has long been reported on reputable sources like WordPress websites and 4chan threads that Alex Jones is, in fact, the legendary comedian Bill Hicks. It's easy to see that Alex and Bill share identical features. Look at the receding hairline. It's exactly the same. Now, you might say Bill Hicks is dead. This is impossible. Consider this. Bill Hicks died in 1994 at age 32 from pancreatic cancer. Seems kind of young to die from this type of cancer. According to the American Cancer Society, quote, the risk of developing pancreatic cancer goes up as people age. Almost all patients are older than 45. About two-thirds are at least 65 years old. The average age at the time of diagnosis is 71. So Bill was less than half the average age of patients at the time of this death. But if Bill didn't die from extremely premature alleged pancreatic cancer, he would be 56 today. Now let's look at the obvious. Alex Jones alleges that he is 43 years old. Is that the face of a man who is 43 years old? No, he looks, I don't know, 56. There is absolutely no way Alex Jones is only two years older than I am. Not possible. Also, how do you explain the fact that they have the exact same teeth? Our teeth are maybe our most identifying feature. How do these two men have the same terrible teeth? What are the chances? Their faces look similarly pudgy. They have the same gap-toothed smile. And they even have the same moles, according to the completely unbiased website, alexjonesisbillhicks.com. Okay, that's freaky. It's freaky. You're probably saying to yourself, oh, uh, Stu, you look exactly like Brad Pitt, but obviously you are two different people because you're smarter. See, I am a prime example of the eerily similar features that don't always mean you're the same person. I get it. But Bill Hicks and Alex Jones don't just share physical similarities. Does this voice sound familiar to you? The elite are all about transcendence and living forever and the secrets of the universe, and they want to know all this. Some are good, some are bad, some are a mix. But the good ones don't ever want to organize. The bad ones don't want to organize because they lust after power. Powerful uh, consciousnesses don't want to dominate other people. They want to empower them so they don't tend to get together until things are really late in the game. Then they come together. Evil's always defeated because good is so much stronger. Of course, it's unmistakably Alex Jones, the same owner of this voice. There's a song I wrote when I lived in a dumpster. <laughs> my eyes are red, my clothes are stained, and my breath stinks. <laughs> if you can see this, you're not nearly as wasted as I am. Actually, that was Bill Hicks. Hicks was a great impersonator, would frequently use the accent you just heard. It's the same voice, people. Especially when you consider the fact that Bill Hicks was prone to irrationally angry outbursts like this. I want my children to listen to people who f***ing rocked. I don't care if they died in puddles of their own vomit. I want someone who plays from their heart. Mommy, mommy, the man built over the listen to has a blood bubble on his nose. Shut up and listen to him play. 
I can yell at the comedian because I'm a drunk. That gives me carte blanche. I got a and I'm drunk. I can do anything I want. I don't have a I can yell at performers because I'm a idiot because I got a I want you to go find a soul. The only other person I've ever heard go off the deep end like that is, you guessed it, Alex Jones. Alex is very aware of the Bill Hicks theory and addresses it from time to time on his show, apparently. Sometimes he vehemently denies it, but sometimes he mistakenly slips up and admits the truth. I carried on the charade for more than 15 years. Kevin, don't mess me up. (laughs) Known as Bill Hicks, I carried out the fraud for my accomplice, Kevin Booth. He's clearly joking about the confession as a way to cover up the fraud. But what should strike you about this video is the noticeable drop of character, change of voice, and the mention of Kevin Booth. Kevin Booth is Alex Jones's producer and good friend. That wouldn't be notable, except for the fact that Kevin Booth was also Bill Hicks's producer and good friend. Kevin's production company, Sacred Cow Productions, has produced projects for both Bill and Alex as if they were different. Look at their artist bios. Bill Hicks and Alex Jones are right next to each other. Why? I don't know. It gets even stranger, though. Bill Hicks' last interview before his death was on the Austin Public Access Channel, the same channel Kevin Booth claims to have first heard Alex Jones's show. One of the last projects Kevin Booth shot with Bill Hicks was coverage of the Waco siege. One of the first projects Kevin Booth did with Alex Jones was about the Waco siege. What was another project Kevin Booth was working on with Bill Hicks before he died? I quote, I remember the very last time Bill Hicks came to Austin Access, spring of 1993. We were working on a script called Public Access about a Rush Limbaugh-type character who angers a viewer, and the viewer came to the station and killed the host on the air. It's not a coincidence. But the most damning piece of evidence that Bill Hicks and Alex Jones are one and the same is the orange drink. Let's be honest, Alex Jones sells many bizarre products on his websites, but there's one that stands out, Tangy Tangerine. Hmm, what would possess a conspiratorial talk show host to sell a random, obviously terrible Tangy Tangerine orange drink? Listen to this from Bill Hicks. This is the product, you ready? Orange drink. I'm going, what's the name of it? Orange drink. Is that, it's classic England, right? Just such a socialist nightmare over there, right? That's the drink. It's orange drink. I said, yeah, you really got my act down good, guys. That'll be great. You know, when I'm uh, done ranting about elite power that rules the planet under a totalitarian government that uses the media in order to keep people stupid, my throat gets parched. That's why I drink orange drink. Yeah, right. See, don't you see how it would all fit in? Don't you see how every word I said would be hollow and filled with nothing? Wow. Wow. I mean, that that clip gives me chills. Bill Hicks told us in advance that he would leave this Easter egg, and there it is. 
It's all a big inside joke. Alex Jones is a creation of Bill Hicks and Kevin Booth, specifically designed to mock the very people who watch Alex Jones. This is an extended comedy routine. It's Andy Kaufman to the thousandth power. But obviously they are right that the government is putting chemicals in the water to turn the frogs gay. I mean, I'm with them on that one, 100%. And that concludes this edition of Conspiratorial Conspiracies. Now, some would say that I've proven nothing, that these are unfounded fringe theories that I'm perpetuating. I've just been cherry-picking all the information that helps my case while ignoring all the information that disproves it. Number one, you're right. Number two, I can promise you that I have far more evidence on this theory than anything Alex Jones has ever said. Thanks for watching.